Welcome back to Blazing Trails. I'm your host, Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. And today, we're going to talk about how to build a trusted marketing team. And Dea Lawrence, the Chief Operating and Marketing Officer for Variety, has a lot to say about it. Dea has dramatically expanded Variety's business operations since she rejoined the brand in 2015. And recently, she created the Variety Streaming Room, a virtual franchise, which has been a huge success. And I should say that I am a fan of the Variety Streaming Room and am constantly impressed with the inside view you get from so many Hollywood heavyweights. Check it out. Google it. Variety Streaming Room. Okay, back to our topic of building a trusted marketing team. Our conversation was recorded in Chicago at our annual Connections event. And to watch more sessions from Connections, head over to Salesforce Plus, that's salesforce.com slash plus, where you can learn about automation, hyper-personalization, top trends in marketing, and so much more. Okay, now let's get into my conversation with Dea Lawrence, the Chief Operating and Marketing Officer for Variety. Dea Lawrence, welcome to Blazing Trails. Well, hello, and thank you for having me. I, I flew all the way to Chicago to meet you. We are here in person. <laughs> I We're so, in person. I, it's amazing. I so rarely get to do these in person, so this is fantastic to be in the room. I'm so excited for Salesforce and Variety to come together in this conversation. So I thought we could get started with the conversation by first just Tell me a little bit about you, your journey, how you got to Variety, sure, and uh, your, some of your background. So I've, I've had the wonderful experience of sort of getting a 360 purview mm-hmm. of digital marketing mm-hmm. in that I have worked for ad tech platforms, I've worked for uh, you know video streaming companies, I've worked in mobile advertising, and this is my second time at Variety. Uh, the first time I was at Variety, I was I built their digital business, mm-hmm. and then uh, I was there for about seven years. Then I went off for nine years and did other things in digital media, and then I, I have come back, and I'm coming back to work at Variety, and for Jay Penske, was the best professional decision I have ever made. And that sounds wonderful. <laughs> and, I mean, the thread that runs through all of that career path is around yeah. collection of data, use of data, yes. relationship with customers. And today's conversation is, is really about the eth- thinking about the ethical approach to how to have those customer relationships. So maybe you could start a little bit with um, Variety's sort of core values that drive the organization and how that plays out across uh, that experience. Sure. Well, we've been in business since 1905, not very many companies can say that. Mm-hmm. Certainly not very many media companies can yeah. say that. And for 117 years, our core mission has remained the same, and that is to produce the most trusted, premium entertainment business analysis, insight, and entertainment news that there is. Mm-hmm. And the industry has always started its day by reading Variety, yeah. and now they can read it all day long right. <laughs> because we have we clearly have a very large presence with Variety.com. Yeah. And everything starts with the content, yeah. right? We produce excellent content. That is why our users come to us, and certainly on the internet, that is what resonates. That is what Premium content resonates. You mm-hmm. produce fantastic content and you're going to get the users and the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. So we clearly evolved into a much broader audience. Our first main audience is that core business user who needs variety to improve 
their business. Mm -hmm. Then we've also have a much larger audience, which are the passionate, devoted fans of entertainment and the people who service the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. So we like to say that variety is show business <laughs> because it's about the business and the show. Uh -huh. <laughs> so when you think about building relationships with those customers and partners, you do you've got a lot of different stakeholders within variety. You have the yeah. From the business side to the actors, I, I know that I am uh, attended some of the virtual events that you guys have been doing since the pandemic, mm -hmm. which are amazing. A-list, great Thank stuff. You. Yeah, that's a yeah. fantastic program. Yeah. But there's got to be a lot of trust there to bring in that talent. On many levels. Yeah. So, so we have produced, and I have to always say this, I love to plug our events. I'm plugging them. Yes, please, please do. Please go to Variety.com and sign up for all of our events. You really so, should. We obviously have a very deep relationship with our, our customer. So we, we understand who our customer is, but on, on when you're talking about that core audience, our customer is also are also the same people that participate in some of these events. So right. for celebrities, for example. So yeah. we have deep relationship with deep relationships with publicists. Mm -hmm. We have people at Variety that are tasked with with those deep relationships and with programming mm -hmm. to bring these you know, A-list talent, not just just not just movie stars and TV stars, but the people that the showrunners, the people that are creating all of this product. Yeah. You know, the top directors, the screenwriters. You know, mm -hmm. these are people that are creating popular culture, mm -hmm. and on the business side too. And on the business side, certainly the studio executives, the network executives, yeah. the, the, you know, the development executives, everyone on the decision-making chain mm -hmm. of what content gets created and what influences the world. Mm -hmm. So. We have to be very careful with that relationship, with mm -hmm. those relationships on many, many levels. When you think about building those trusted relationships, mm -hmm. how does that work across the organization with the other stakeholders of sales? Right. You're leading marketing with sales, with technology. How are you all approaching that? So the very uh, first part of this is that we value the client. We start with the premise that our clients are very valuable to mm -hmm. us. And the information that we get from those clients is extremely valuable. Mm -hmm. So right now it's Emmy season, for example. So we know who all the TV Academy, not all of them, but a large majority of those TV Academy voters are. Mm -hmm. We have compiled all this information on them. The same thing with the Oscar voters and the WGA, all the Guild voters, everybody. And those people drive big business decisions. So... We have to be very careful with who has access to these voters. Mm -hmm. Where is this data kept? Mm -hmm. How is it updated? How often do we clean it, scrub it? And what do we do with it? Mm -hmm. So, for example, in order to get people to attend these events, we want, it's Emmy season now. We just had our TV fest. It's, it's actually going on right now while I'm sitting here speaking to you yeah. virtually. <laughs> and so we've, we had to go out and market and keep, blasting these lists and tapping into these people and reaching them and advertising, you know, marketing to them mm -hmm. to get them to sign up so that we can say we have the eyeballs of the Emmy voter for this particular event that an advertiser has paid for to reach those people. Mm -hmm. We don't want to abuse that list because right. then what happens is people start unsubscribing. We have to be very careful with how we use those lists. And, and how have you determined if people, if it's too much, 
if it's not enough, how do you balance the goals well, of the business? We have marketing plans. You know, this is a big, so every single one of these events has a marketing plan. We determine ahead of time how many times we'll tap in. Yeah. We can slice and dice the list so that, you know, this particular uh, effort does not need the eyes of the TV Academy voters. Maybe we only want to hit the WGAs or maybe it's not relevant to them at all. So if it's not relevant, please don't blast them mm-hmm. or don't try and reach them. Mm-hmm. Don't market to them. Is email the, still the best a tactic? That you Email's right a now? huge driver of registration. Yeah. So we collect data from other sources. I was just talking about the event registration data, right? right. But we also have subscriber data. And yeah. you can imagine who our subscribers are. Mm-hmm. They are the most important people in the entertainment industry. They are the people, again, that create popular culture, right? right? We have their addresses. And during the pandemic, we had to go and get everyone's home addresses, mm-hmm. right? So we have a lot of sensitive data. No one has access to that data. It is it is very, you know, no one meaning, no one outside the stakeholders. Yeah. So there are key stakeholders within the organization mm-hmm. that have access to the data and only they can have access to it. Mm-hmm. We're always watching. It, it, we never give the data. We own many, many magazines and publications, and we don't want other media companies to have access. Right. Tell me a little bit more about, and this this can be a variety or across your career, where there have been some ethical challenges around the use of, uh, uh, around the use of data. I remember one time I was working at a company and I started understanding that this particular data we were using from a third party was suspect. And we were like, I don't really think this is what the client was looking for. Right. And it made me uncomfortable to think someone's buying something that may not be accurate. Mm -hmm. And yet it really performed. Mm. This inaccurate data killed it. (laughs) So the question becomes, well, it worked. Whatever was in that data pool performed. Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) You know, uh, but that made me start thinking, like, how old is this data? Who's collecting it? What is it? Mm-hmm. But that first-party data is so critical. Is that part of the strategy of variety yeah. with all the events? Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it seems across the board that's what everybody's yeah. trying to do is get that first-party mm-hmm. data. Yeah. And so, I mean, how should marketers be thinking about that? Should they be creating more opportunities to collect that, more yeah. content, more, what, yeah. what, what's the, what's the strategy well, I think, there? I mean, I, I, I can just tell you our strategy. Yeah. Our strategy is to really understand our customer, mm-hmm. to really know what they, what are their needs and to deliver it to them mm-hmm. and to not abuse them. We can't abuse that trust. Mm-hmm. People don't want to do business with companies they don't trust, right? And that same thing goes with vendors, right? So everything about Variety is premium. The experiences we create, the content we create, it's a specialized world. And when you come to Variety, we are letting you into this world. Mm-hmm. And the vendors that we choose and the that we work with, they have to be best in class. Right. You know, I get emails all the time from, I'm sure anyone who works in marketing is bombarded by email blasts from vendors and I have no idea who this company is. I have no idea who the founders are behind them. Right. And we have to be very careful with who we partner with. So tell me about sort of building a culture inside the organization Mm -hmm. that's thinking about ethics. You know, I I think we've all been there when you're trying to reach a certain goal. You can see maybe you can do something to cut a corner. How do you put it in people's minds not to do that? You have to keep 
repeating it over and over again. You, everyone has to understand what the rules are. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to misinterpret the rules. It's easy. It's very easy to misinterpret the rules when you don't want to interpret the rules <laughs> right. correctly. Right? So we it, it starts with legal. Legal educates us. Mm-hmm. Operations educates us. And then the marketing department is the keeper to make sure the rules are being followed. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep repeating it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, what what we can do with the data, what we can't do with the data, what the advertiser can buy, what they can't buy. The same thing with branded content versus sponsored editorial, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot cross that line. Right. And and how, do, how are you setting up that organization? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. You have a separate group that does the branded content yes. from the editorial content. It's Absolutely. Not, not we have the a separate... Same- same we, we have no. We have separate teams. We have our editorial team does our editorial, yeah. and our branded content team does the branded content. Now we may have. Do we have the same video editors? Yeah. You know. Do we have the same? Does a producer produce? Sometimes will they produce sponsored editorial and branded content? Sometimes yes, mm-hmm. but never the person. Never the people creating the actual content. Never the editorial vision and voice. The writers are completely separate. Right. Yeah. How big is the Variety newsroom right now? We have, uh, well, I know exactly how many people have. I, I don't know if you I don't, really... If you don't want to say that. It's fine. around yeah. 100. Yeah. yeah. A little less than 100. Yeah. yeah. Are you primarily U.S., L.A.? No, we're global. Or, yeah. It's a global organization. Yeah. We have, and we're, we're, we're building out our London office. So we have people all over. We have people in Asia, Paris, London, New York... Los Angeles, where it is a global media company. And tell me of some, if you can, some yes. exciting things that you may be developing. What's on the roadmap? Well, everything What's we're coming? developing is exciting. Are you kidding me? We're <laughs> variety. The, the this is Hollywood. Exciting. Well, we just came back from the Cannes Film Festival and we had the best Cannes we've ever had, which was remarkable considering Cannes was only operating at 75%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are continuing. Well, we're we're now experimenting with this sort of hybrid strategy when it comes to events, where we're allowing people to you can buy tickets and come in person, or you can do it virtually. Mm-hmm. So we're giving people sort of, sort of that choice. We're back with our our live events. We're going to be going to Toronto. We might have a, a presence at the Venice Film Festival. We really are building out our international. That that is a big focus for us, as well as our video. I mean. Our, we, we yesterday we launched our actors on actors series, which is a conversation between one contending actor and another. So mm-hmm. we had Zendaya and Andrew Garfield having a conversation because there's that Spider-Man connection. Yeah, and we, you know, we posted the video last night and this morning. There's over a million views. Yeah, right. So, video is a huge, uh, you know, big initiative for us. Mm-hmm. And that's on a variety owned channel. So yes, again, it's all at first first party data. It's right? all us. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that Variety is going through a digital transformation right now? Variety has been going through a digital transformation since Jay Penske bought Variety at the end of 2012. Mm-hmm. It is a digital first. We still have a print magazine, a magazine that comes out every week, and that goes to 68,000 core subscribers. These are hardcore people that work in entertainment. Yeah. And then, as I said, on Variety.com, we have 35 million uniques. You know, 35, 36, 
in that range. Mm -hmm. You know, even going virtual, I have to tell you, when the pandemic hit, we moved so quickly. We were one, we were the first certainly in our industry to produce virtual events. And there was a little bit of pushback internally. Like, but you know, the core group of us were like, no, we don't think the pandemic's gonna go away. Yeah. You know, how are we gonna save this business? We have to, we have to act and we have to act very quickly. Mm -hmm. One thing I think that we're very good at is we're very good at seeing what's coming up. Right, because we're reporting on it. Yeah. So the reporters, they come and tell us. They go, "Hey, this is what's going on," and you know. So we're like, "Oh, we got to get ahead of this." And you know, we're here in Chicago, and I walked around the show floor today, and it was packed. Yes. And people are here. People right. are back. I know at Salesforce, we are very excited to get mm-hmm. our events back. We do a lot of physical, yeah. you know, in-person yeah. events. Uh, Dreamforce is going to be mm-hmm. big and. I think people are excited to get back in person. Yeah. I'm just curious if you have a take or if you can on the theatrical release of movies and well, what's happening there. I mean, I saw Top Gun Maverick. I, I was at the premiere <laughs> in Cannes okay. when Tom Cruise came out on stage. Yeah. And we were like, oh my God, the movie star <laughs> is back and the movies are back. Yeah, I think that the success of that film... Uh, is making everyone very hopeful that pe- that there is room outside of you know Marvel franchises and that there is room for these movies to come back into the theater that people want to go back into the theater mm-hmm. and they will go back into the theater. There's nothing like seeing a movie in the movie theater. Yeah, nothing like it. Yeah, it's just thrilling. Yeah, I, I mean even just hearing everyone's reaction, being in that theater mm-hmm. at the Palais. Mm-hmm. When everybody was screaming and cheering for Tom Cruise, and mm-hmm. I mean, it was—it does seem like there's some innovation that may need to happen in, yeah. in the space. To I mean, the effort to create a movie like that, plus the marketing behind it, yeah. and the ability to create that buzz—that's well, unique. Just, yeah, that's and, a, that is a unique right. situation. It is, and you know, certainly Jerry Bruckheimer and yeah, Paramount—they've just done an outstanding job. They really have. So I wonder, do you think it's going to have a lasting effect and be a, a an inflection point for moving back to theater? I think so, but I, I, I'm hoping so. Yeah. My thinking is very informed by my hope. <laughs> and, <laughs> and across your customers, your members, uh-huh. I imagine they're, the general feeling in Hollywood is like, let's get back into the theaters. Oh, definitely. Yeah. People want to get back into the theaters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've gotten off track, but we had a really yes. good conversation about um, the entertainment world, which yes. having a new from Variety <laughs> here, I've got to get a little bit of talk about, about entertainment. <clears throat> we do. Uh, I mean, you know, so I wanted to, to wrap up with what should a marketer do to get educated, to learn about building ethical practices? How should yeah. they be communicating inside the organization? You know, you're younger in your career. You haven't seen as much of this. How do you think about that and start to really build that into your marketing strategy? Well, I think you have to educate yourself by reading as much as possible. And I also think it's up to the organization to have training programs, you know, and to make people repeat back. It's almost like you 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 get trained on what a certain product or something is. And it's the same thing with privacy. Yeah. Okay, now you get up and pitch it. You get up and explain it. Right. So that we make sure that everybody really understands this. And it's got to be part of the onboarding process to mm-hmm. be in manuals and handbooks or whatever the materials are that you use during a training session. So everyone from the get-go understands mm-hmm. 
what the privacy policy is, how the data is being kept secure, where what the, what lines cannot be crossed, and that is firm, mm-hmm. so that we don't have to keep having debates about what you can give the advertiser. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, at, at Salesforce we talk about trust being our number one value, number one. and that phrase "trust is our number one value" is something that's just in the air. Be- yeah, people say that you hear that, and yeah, right. this is we we know that. So there is something I think um, powerful about creating very simple communications that, and and even the words to make that something that everybody just yeah. understands. Yeah, I mean I think also something came up with when you're creating email lists, when you're creating new email newsletters. Oh well, we'll just take the data from this. We'll just take these subscribers and dump them in here. Well, you right. can't do that. Right. No, we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> we have to start from scratch. Can right. we just take the people? No. No, we can't. So it's like everyone has to really understand. And I think it's up to the marketer mm-hmm. has to communicate this to everyone. And they're sort of the watchdog over this, right. you know, with other teams in the organization. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go to conferences, watch. There's so much so much you can learn just virtually now. Listen to podcasts about it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that overriding idea, if you – say, look, the trusted relationship is at the core of the success of the business. If we don't have that, then we don't have anything. Right. And then when you're looking at, should I take this list and merge it with this list, you say, would the people on this list trust me if right. I did that? Right. And if the answer is no. No, you're going to lose people. Right. Right. We don't want to lose people. We want to keep them. Right. And they come to us our in our reader's uh, survey Number one word that resonated was trust. You know, mm-hmm. that is that is the value of right. They trust us. Mm-hmm. We're an authentic brand. We're mm-hmm. transparent. Mm-hmm. Well, it is super important to build that trust. It's at the core of every good relationship. Yeah. So that's a good place to close it. So Okay, well, thank you. Yes, Daya, thanks so much for thank joining us Thank you so today. much for having me. That was Daya Lawrence, Chief Operating and Marketing Officer for Variety. To hear and watch more content from Salesforce's annual Connections Conference, head over to Salesforce Plus. That's salesforce.com slash plus. Thanks for listening today. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. 